Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Hey, welcome back in to episode four, season three. You have episode. I, I'm just looking at the way you've titled this. It says episode three dash four SEC West. You have totally thrown me off. But we're going to continue on because we're doing it live, Tom. <laughs> and my screen just blacked out. But <laughs> this is episode four oh of season three. Uh, can't, I can't. I don't. You know, I, with this opening, I don't know why no sponsors have not called and, uh, and said, "Hey guys, we really need to to get you under the umbrella." <laughs> but uh, we're going to break down the SEC West tonight, uh, Tom. Good week. I, well, before you answer that, I got to say something. It is August the twenty third. It is seven eleven. Do you realize? In two weeks from right this second, we will be warming up to see the Whippets in Las Vegas. Did you realize that? I didn't. I just yes. thought about that, but that is going to be awesome. And probably about uh, a week and six days and 22 hours, we'll be podcasting live from Las Vegas. Hey, hey, hey. So anyway, enough about that. Tom, how's your week been? Awesome, awesome. K Pasa, our listening audience, both of you. I don't want I don't want to call you out by name. That's no, that's embarrassing. Topher and Daryl. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, let, we're, we're plugging me, right along. Let me interrupt. I, I have you know, I did a live radio show last year for about six or seven weeks and I have talked to the guy's name's Huddy and it's ninety five point five and it's WFMH. Dot com. I think if you if you Google search w, WFMH 95.5, it'll come up. And he's supposed to be playing, the, like, rebroadcasting this podcast uh, Tuesday nights, probably around right after Feinbaum. Don't know that he is. I email it to him every time. So if you're listening on 95.5 and you're like, well, these guys are awesome. I wish I could listen to this earlier. Well, you can because this is a podcast. <laughs> So all you have to do is get on your fancy iPhone or your fancy Android and type in I'm not targeting, you're targeting, and it'll come up. But it is uh, if you're listening on the radio, it, this is not live. Don't call in. We're not, we're not taking calls. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I've interrupted all you bluster. twice, Tom. I, will, uh, I tell you what, I will let you finish up with what you want to say in the intro. And my friend, you have commentary, so take it away. Oh, good gracious. I've, I've already said hello, so to me that qualifies as intro. So uh, I'll I'll just move right on in and we'll we'll get this podcast going. Now I was I had thought about talking about a couple different things this week, but I ended up landing on 
just general discussion points, nothing in-depth, but just general discussion points on the proposed new alliance. I knew that this week was our third week in the uh, the the new season, we'd already hit on sort of the national landscape and the NIL regulations early, and then we went to SEC East last week and SEC West this week, and then next week, of course, is game week, and we'll all be pumped for that. And so, I didn't I didn't see an opportunity other than than here maybe that we probably should at least talk about it a little bit because it, it seems to be gaining a lot of traction. Um, and let me just ask you this. What do you see as the big advantage of the ACC Big Ten Pac-12 trying to come up with some kind of alliance here? You know, it's not been officially announced yet. A lot of scuttlebutt out there. And so everybody's really kind of speculating on what this thing's going to look like and, and what what its actual purpose is. What, what are your thoughts? Well, Tom, you know, when you said alliance, I'm like, oh, crap. I hope he doesn't ask me anything because I legitimately have not. I've seen it mentioned on Twitter. I've seen it on some websites, but I have not read one iota of what's going on. I can only assume that it is – well, I know it's in response to Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC. So, I I would assume that the alliance, if they're kind of saying, hey, SEC, you want to try to build this big, powerful beast, that's fine. Good luck finding other big, powerful beasts to play because I figure if it goes, if, if it continues on, that the ACC, the the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 will try to shut everybody out from playing them. They'll just play themselves. And, of course, you'll keep Florida, Florida State, uh, you know, interstate rival. You'll keep Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech. But then when Bama goes calling and says, hey, Michigan, we'd like to play you. Hey, California, we'd like to play you. They're like, uh, we're, we're washing our hair. I think I've got a <laughs> nail appointment. I mean, is that kind of what you're seeing? I don't – like I said, I have not read anything well, on it. I, I don't know, and I think it's completely up, up for debate right now because other than – just the rumor mill of saying they're forming an alliance and, and they expect to make an announcement. There have been zero concrete details leaked out there that I know of. And so, you know, I've just been kind of thinking to myself, what what could be the benefits? What are they looking to do? And it's very obvious that it's to combat the SEC's move with, with Texas and Oklahoma the strength of the SEC, we went over that, you know, a couple weeks ago about uh, if you were going to select two teams from many conferences over there, they've they've got the possibly, arguably the 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 biggest duo of any conference that was out there, and we and we poached them. So the question becomes, okay, they're forming alliance, but why? One thing creeps into my mind immediately, which would be. It's like you've got a bully over in the schoolyard, the SEC, and he's whipping up on folks. Well, all the all the smaller kids, hey, they're they're getting together. They they need to form some kind of defense. And I'm not saying it as as much as it is sort of a a, a you know a literal battle on the field or something like that with the SEC, but more more uh, from the standpoint of hey. We'll form this alliance, and we'll collectively agree that none of us are going to jump to the SEC. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah. you know, we're going to support each other and, and keep them from poaching any more people. 
uh, or, or teams because that's got to be that's got to be obviously a concern for ACC commissioner, Pac-12 commissioner, Big Ten commissioner. Big Ten, the lesser of the the three, of course, but particularly the ACC. I think they feel like they're vulnerable, and having a support system, so to speak, might be the thing that keeps some of those teams in place. Now, that's just one thing. Um, I, I find it kind of ironic that these guys are going, you know, oh, y'all poach these teams and y'all are not for the equality of all the teams and y'all are just out there for a money grab or whatnot. But I didn't see them uh, extending a hand over there to the remaining Big 12 members. (laughs) 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 They are out of the room, sir. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Another sidebar effect of this, which I'm curious about, is Notre Dame. There's been, you know, years of debate whether or not Notre Dame should be in a conference, so on and so forth. If these three conferences form an alliance, you would you would automatically assume that out of conference scheduling would be a lot freer and open between those conferences, and they'd like to keep that revenue stream amongst themselves. It's sort of like what you were saying as far as you know, out of conference games. With that being said. The majority of Notre Dame's games that are traditional locked-in games every year, your Stanford's, your USC's, uh, they've been playing now, what, five games in the ACC. Uh, If all those teams start playing other conference foes in this alliance, where does that leave Notre Dame? My opinion, it leaves them out there where they're going to be forced to join a conference, you know, full speed, full head. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows how that'll work. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say about this, like I said, I didn't have a lot of answers here. It's more questions. I think everybody has the questions. The other thing that I could see here is how are they going to use the NIL in this three-headed conference? And I mentioned that not because I think they have an angle, but I mentioned that because Traditionally, the Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 have all been pretty independent on their viewpoints for everything. Particularly the Big Ten, they're they're sort of a, I would call them a snobby conference. Would you call them the snobbish conference? (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that's up for debate. They're pretty snobbish. If you go to the Grove... At 2 o'clock on a football Saturday, and, of course, the Grove is at Ole Miss, and you hit the tailgates, Ole Miss is jealous of how snobby the Big Ten is. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) But I guess the point being is I'm going to find it very interesting to see what this alliance actually consists of because I think there are so many – different views between those three conferences that it may be hard to get everybody on board to the same line of thinking on everything. And so it wouldn't surprise me if it fell apart before it got started, honestly. It it, it may be some, you know, one of those things where they step out there and say, yes, we're going to form an alliance and we'll be working on the particulars of them the next year. And then it just kind of, you know, 
piddles in the dust and, and you never really see anything. So it, it, it's interesting. And it's, if you can believe the media outlets, we should know something next year. I, I said next year, next week before the season actually starts. That's when they're projecting them to make an announcement or, or possibly even later this week. So we'll see. Yeah, like I said, I have not kept up with it, but I think you're exactly right on the ACC. And I just uh, the reason I was kind of stumbling around there, I, you know, we're talking about the alliance and the three conferences. So I just picked a, a team that I knew was on the East Coast in the ACC, Boston College, and then I thought, where can I pick in the in the Pac-12? I picked Oregon State. That is a three thousand one hundred and sixty-seven mile trip. So you know, I mean, we're talking NFL type stuff here. And NFL, you know, they they have a day for travel, and they don't have classwork. So so good luck with that. But I do think two things I want to comment on. I do think the ACC is the most at risk because they, you know, the Big Twelve lost Texas, Oklahoma, and they're they're done. And let me ask you this, if the Big 12, let's say that we poached, word of the day, it, let's say we poached Oklahoma State and Baylor, would the Big 12 be looked at as a flailing conference right now? You still got I, Oklahoma, you still got Texas. Oh, oh, you, you mean not, not in addition, you, instead of Oklahoma, yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they would not be flailing. No, it'd just be like, hey, we're, we're, we're fine. If they want to go to the ACC, that's fine. We'll pick up two more teams. That's right. And I think with the ACC, you know, if we pick up Miami and we pick up North Carolina, I don't think it's a big deal. But if we pick up Florida State and Clemson, that conference begins to look like the Big 12 very quickly. Well, I, I agreed, uh, agreed with that to some extent, but I do think that losing Miami and North Carolina from the ACC is a much bigger hit than losing Oklahoma State and Baylor from the Big 12. Yeah, I, I, I concur. I yeah. concur. So the, the second part I want to talk about is, is Notre Dame. Dude, put your phone on silent. It's a little button on the side. That, I know wasn't, you, that wasn't my phone. That was somebody you don't know. He don't live around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you've kind of grew up on Android and you finally made the switch to iPhone, but it's the little button on the left-hand side. Flip it down, it silences, you're good to go. That's a the, funny story. I, the first the first uh, day or week that I had an iPhone, I was actually in a business meeting at work and, and there was a, a conference room full of us and my phone started going off. And I, I couldn't get it to hush. I asked the guy next to me, I said, do you have an iPhone? How do you put this thing on mute? And he showed me the little button on the side. I had had the phone for a week, roughly, and, and never knew that until I got shown uh, in the middle of that meeting. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Such a professional. Tom Sims, ladies and gentlemen, professional. <laughs> All right, so anyway, the second part I want to talk about is the Notre Dame angle. And it's I just want to – I guess I just want to vent more than anything. I get so tired of ESPN breaking and saying, hey, you know, we've just had a a, a college football playoff uh, conference committee meeting, and it was the the five commissioners of the of the P5 conferences and Notre Dame, Jack Swarbrick from Notre Dame. Like, dude, he, he represents one team. Mm-hmm. Tell Notre Dame, hey, we're going to email you the Cliff Notes versions. Until you join a conference, you don't have a say in this. It just that chaps my ass to no end. Me too. I I, I know it did. That's why I brought it up. Thank you. All right, let's uh, let's get on to while wow, we're short on time, Tom. 
And you were worried that we would we would be running out of things to talk about. Dude, we're 15 <laughs> minutes in. We're golden. All right, so we're going to break down the SEC West today, which as soon as when we finish that up, we will have an SEC West champion. We already have an SEC East champion. Both of us picked Georgia, correct? Correct. Okay. And so then we're going to have a surprise team. And when we have our two number one teams – we're going to have, of course, the SEC Championship game participants. We'll have a winner of that. We're going to discuss the four playoff teams. The f- we'll talk about the semifinal games, the finals, and we'll announce a national champion. So, honestly, if you want to spend your Saturdays doing something more productive, you're going to know the way the season ends after tonight. We're going to We're going to take out all the guesswork. And all these games, you can move on them as if the game has already been played. That's right. This is like your own spoilers for the season. So if you're not big into uh, previews and if you're not big into spoiler alerts, you need to tune out now. We'll give them a few seconds to tune out. I think we can move on. All right, number seven, we'll do it just like we did last week. Number seven, I have, drum roll please, I have Mississippi State. I have Mississippi State at six and six overall. Two, and I brought my helmet schedule so I can actually see who we play. We're playing this time. I've got Mississippi State two and six in the conference. I, I'm not sold on on Leach. I, I think he has his little niche of what he does. He's going to absolutely roll the dice and and come up aces a few times of the year, like kind of like he did against uh, LSU last year. But then there's going to be those games where he just things aren't clicking and he's not going to win. But I, I've got their two wins at Ole Miss, going to be a big theme tonight, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. And both those teams are probably better than Mississippi State. But I just can't put Mississippi State going 0-8. I do have them losing both of their Eastern Conference games, which is Kentucky, I know. And hang on, i got them winning Vanderbilt. What about your helmet schedule, dude? I'm looking at my helmet schedule. <laughs> I've got them beating oh, – no, I've got them losing to Arkansas. Sorry about that. That should have been an L there instead of a W. I got their two conference wins, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. So, after stumbling through that, I'll let you go to your number seven team. Okay, before I, before I get into my number seven team, I want to preface this in saying that, in my opinion, the SEC West is going to be – the most competitive it's been in many years. There there have been a plethora of years for the past at least four or five where we've had probably, on average, three bottom dwellers, always two, just two poor teams, fluctuating between two and three poor teams. Uh, I don't see that a lot this year. I think we have some very competitive teams that would do very well in other conferences and other divisions, including other Power Five conferences. Uh, I looked at this, just took a, a quick peek at ESPN FPI rankings, preseason FPI rankings this year. Have you seen that? By I chance? have not, no. The, per the ESPN FPI rankings, the lowest-ranked SEC West team is Arkansas. They come in at number 30. Wow. So they have the top seven. The seven teams in the SEC West are all inside the top 30 teams in the nation per ESPN's FPI rankings. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, I'll jump right in for uh, my last place teams this year. And again, these are these are tough because I do think there's going to be some some not some clear cut victories. And what I mean by that is A is going to beat B and B is going to beat C and then C is going to beat A. And it, it, that's going to be a, a theme throughout the year, I think. But I've got I've got in last place I've got Auburn. Uh, they have uh, they have a new coach, obviously. They have uh, they have some starters back, but I'm just not sure how 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 many good players they have coming back. I mean, Bigsby's good. There's no doubt about that. Nick's is a question mark in my mind. Uh, he's been yeah, a question mark agreed. since he's been there. He 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 gets built up, but he's not that great, in my opinion. One thing that I think Auburn is going to miss a whole bunch, and this is this is probably the prime reason that I have him in the seventh spot, is Kevin Steele. As, as, as poorly as Malzahn was with the offense as far as being up and down like a roller coaster, Auburn has played defense the last two or three years. They really have, uh, uh, with the exception of some – Alabama wearouts, but for the most part, <laughs> you know they they they've done pretty good on that side of the ball, and and he's gone. And I know they brought in who do they bring in Mason? Yeah, Derek Mason. Derek Mason to which is a, a great coach, but everybody start from zero. The whole staff, everything. Uh, who knows? I don't even know what kind of offense Harson is going to run. Do you have any clue? I do, and I will cover it when I cover Auburn. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just float that from there. So, but I have I have Auburn going five and seven overall, uh, two and six in the conference. They, they they actually have a tied conference record with my sixth place team, but but we'll uh, lose that virtue of a tiebreaker. They go on the road at Penn State, third game of the year. I've got that as as a, a loss. They have a tough stretch there in the middle after homecoming, which uh, <clears throat> which kind of sets me up for for the majority of this record. But I got them going five and seven and and last place. Uh, can you say that again? Who do you have last place, Tom? <clears throat> Let me check my notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> Dude, I, I love it. I did, I did not have the guts to put Auburn last. I did put them sixth. So a great segue into my sixth place team. <laughs> I've got them at six and six. I've overall I've got them three and five in the conference. I've got them losing to on the notable wins and losses. I've got them losing to Arkansas. They're gonna get payback last year. Remember last year, they had the the it should have been a grounding call or no it should have been a um, a fumble. Yep. Yep. And I think they did call it a grounding, but one. And I did not know. You know, as much football as we know, we probably discussed this last year. As much football as you and I know, and I would say on a scale of one to ten, we're a solid nine, maybe nine and a half. But we're not tens, based on like we. I didn't know that rule, but to spike a ball, you have to come up with it cleanly. From it has to be a clean center quarterback exchange. If you fumble it, it's a live ball. You cannot spike it. If you spike it, it is grounding. And if you spike it backwards, Bo Nix, it's a fumble. And Arkansas really got the screw job on that. They did. I do, I do have them losing to Penn State. And let's check the helmet schedule here. I've Starting on D, October the 2nd, I've got at LSU loss, Georgia at home a loss, at Arkansas loss, and they get the bye week. So I do have them beating Ole Miss. And I'm telling you, Ole Miss – 
Notice we have gone over. I've gone over seven and six, and Ole Miss is not in either one of those spots. And there usually would be one of the bottom spots. I have high hopes for Ole Miss, hmm. but to Auburn, what kind of offense do they run? They run more of a traditional pro set, kind of like, I guess, kind of like what Bama wants to run, and a lot of teams want to run. And see, that was always the X factor with Gus Malzahn is he was so unconventional. And he knew the little – you know, he he loved to beat you. But if you said, Gus, you can beat Bama by 49 or you can beat them by three. And the way you beat them by three is something quirky happens in the rule book that nobody knows the rule except probably you and one other crazy guy in the stands. Which would you choose? And Gus would be like, oh, I want the three-point win to where I just outsmart them because I'm, I'm a idiot savant on the rules. Mm-hmm. And – They've lost that, and I, I kind of go – I've said this before when Arkansas had Bielema, and I'm not saying that Harson is uh, Brett Bielema from Arkansas, but Bielema at Arkansas tried to run what Bama was running at the time, just a traditional, you know, ace package, occasional two-back, trips open, uh, quad, uh, you know, twins on each side, single tight end, just your traditional – pro sets and look what we did to Arkansas all those years. I mean, one year we almost messed up and, and lost. But other than that, it was just shellacking after shellacking. And I can only hope – and the reason being because Arkansas did not have the studs recruited that Bama did. And I don't think Auburn has the studs recruited. So we can only hope that the Harson era looks like the Bielema era at Arkansas. And, and I'm like you, they are – Auburn is a fan base. You know, we can return. I'm Mr. Pessimistic when it comes to Bama. I don't truly enjoy the season until it's over like last year. I mean, I was nervous every game. Are we going to play? Are we going to be able to beat these teams? And then when we finally crushed Ohio State, it was just a wonderful feeling. But it was just dread the entire time. We could be returning 10 starters on offense and nine on defense. And I would be like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Auburn fans are just the opposite. They're returning – now, they are returning a lot of their offensive line, but cue your little – your little uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I won't worry about joke, looking joke. for. Yeah, <laughs> joke de jour. Mm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> you know, the good news is you're returning your five offensive linemen. The bad news is you're returning your five offensive linemen. Auburn is returning a few pieces here and there. They lost their entire receiving core – They lost a good bit of their secondary, I believe, in defensive line. They do have their linebackers back. And they're not – they're learning two brand-new systems, offensive system and a defensive system. And their fans are like, I I see ten wins. I don't know about you. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anyway, enough about Auburn. I've got them six and six, three and five, and I'm rooting for the five and seven. That would be just glorious. So, I have – so, my sixth-place team – is a team that I had tied with Auburn uh, in the SEC, but lost virtue the tiebreaker. And that will be none other than the other Tigers in the West Division, the LSU Tigers. Mm, yep. Wow. <clears throat> and, and for the record, and again, I, that's one of the reasons why I went over how competitive the SEC was going to be this year. This is not necessarily disparaging for these teams, but – if if all if all sixteen or all seven teams are in the top thirty, then 
they have to lose versus each other. <laughs> I mean, it's going to, they all play in each other. So there are no gimmies. And, and uh, Auburn was 17th in the FBI and LSU was 16th. And so I have both, both of them going two and six in the conference. LSU, one of their two wins is against Auburn to, uh, to break that tiebreaker. Now, I, I will say this. I think LSU opens up the year with a road win at UCLA. I think that's a, a pretty, if you want to call it a fishy line. Uh, LSU win a cool, what were they last year? Were they th- four and six? Three and seven. I Man, I don't know. After I know they beat Florida <laughs> on the shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm looking down through. Are they may they might have been five and five. I think oh they yeah, got they were five and five. Yeah, they were five and five. But it was a messy five and five. It was it was bad, and they're five and five, and then they go on the road to Pac-12 UCLA. UCLA's no no big time team, but still they're 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 a road favorite out there. So I expect them to win that game. Uh, they come back, play McNeese State, Central Michigan, and then, bam, they go on the road to Mississippi State, and I expect them to get the first loss right there. And and that's going to it's, be it's – it's a tough season from there on out for LSU. If you've looked at their schedule, course, with all the SEC teams in the top 30 in the West, it's going to be tough for all of them. But they go on the road to Mississippi State. They go on the road to Kentucky. They have to play Florida in a crossover. They also go on the road at Ole Miss, on the road at Alabama, and then they still have to play Arkansas and Texas A&M, get them at home. But still, those are those are tough, tough games, and I it's just going to be tough for them to navigate. And, and the trump card, in my opinion, is, and I've been saying this for years, this is no secret, Ocheron is not a good coach. <laughs> no just, argument there. He's just not. He caught lightning in the bottle in the championship year and then lost all the chess pieces, and he could not put it even remotely together last year. There's a lot of people going, oh, well, that's a one-off year, and, and, and they do. They get a lot of starters back. They get uh, nine on each side of the ball coming back. So they get a lot of talent coming back there, but – I, I just not sold that he knows what to do with them when he actually has to, you know, coach. Uh, I just he's he's lost up until he went fifteen and zero last year. He had lost four games, four games, and three games with with arguably top five talent in the country. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, I said going into the national title year, the twenty nineteen. If he goes eight and four that year, I don't know if he's got a job, especially with all the the Title Nine domestic abuse, sexual assault charges that are out there, not proven, of course, but they're you know rumors, and they're actually I think they're are looking at some that are you know pretty serious, but you know national titles cure all ills, and it and it did for him. So I I, I don't have LSU at six. I don't have LSU at five, so uh, we're way off on on the West so far. So I'm going to let you go ahead with five. Hopefully we'll match up eventually. Uh, We probably won't. Uh, Five, I'm going to go with the number 22nd ranked FPI team in the country and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, But here's where where it's going to be very surprising – Maybe for you, it was surprising for me once I got through it all. But I've got Mississippi State fifth in the West, 
four and four in the SEC, eight and four overall. That's a great year. Absolutely, and, and yeah. that's that's Mike Leach. That's the Pirate, his second year, and yeah, it was it was now. <laughs> Nobody can say after the opening game last year that people didn't go, oh, my God, Mississippi State has just caught lightning in a bottle. They have hired the best coach ever because they <laughs> they come out and went to LSU their first game and whipped up on LSU and put up 44 on them and then promptly lost Arkansas the next week and got beat 24-2 to at Kentucky. <laughs> so, but if you look, and and this is another common theme if you look at the schedules from last year. There were a lot of competitive games uh, with with within their schedule, with the lone exception mainly being Alabama. Alabama beat them forty-one to nothing last year, and I, I just mentioned the twenty-four to two game versus Kentucky. But every other game, they lost by seven to Arkansas, fourteen to Texas A and M, only seven to Georgia. Seven at Ole Miss, fourteen to Auburn. They actually beat Missouri and Vanderbilt, so they were competitive even in their losses. They went four and seven last year, but there are a lot of SEC teams, and State is one of them that are returning a bunch of starters. Alabama is one of the few that returns very few starters, but uh, Mississippi State's got eight on each side of the ball again, and, and I do think Mike Leach is. Uh, a, a pretty good coach. He's unconventional somewhat, and I think he'll be hard to handle for some of these teams. So I do I do have him big, big notable wins. I have him winning against North Carolina State in game two. Now that's huge because North Carolina State, we we went over that a little bit as a, them as a little bit of a dark horse in the mm-hmm. ACC. But uh, so that, that will be an interesting game, but they do get it at home. And so if, if they win that game, they should be – Three and O when they get LSU at home, and possibly could be four and O, which I have them at four and O before they they eventually lose at A and M. So it'd be interesting to have them four and O and go into Texas A and M in week four or week five. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm like you. I've got them winning their first three, even though that at Memphis scares me because this state does not play well on the road. And what what are they doing playing at Memphis anyway? I mean they should Memphis should come to Starkville. But then I've got them. I've got a that's a tough stretch. LSU at home at Texas A&M, and then by week then Bama at home. So I've got them starting out three and three. But back to your point about the the parity of the SEC West, and I, this is what I was going to talk to you about off air. And you're like, no, 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 save it for the pot, save it for when we're recording. You know, looking back at the SEC East, I had the bottom three teams at three and nine, three and nine, four and eight. That was Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and USC. And my bottom three teams in the SEC West, I've got it six and six, six and six, six and six. So not a nary a losing record amongst them. My fifth team, and I agree now that you have uh, Mississippi State at four. We're not going to match up any anywhere, but probably number one. I've got Arkansas as my fifth team. I got them at six and six, three and five. The the three and five, of course, puts them at number five because they have the win over Auburn. They're going to exact revenge. And that, you know, who's their coach? Is it Sam Pittman? It is. Okay, it sounded wrong, but it's right. He was the most impressive coach to me last year. I I thought he was going to flop. And, dude, he had those guys playing hard. He did. And I've got them beating Rice. I've got them losing to Texas. And that, that Texas loss, that's not guaranteed. They host Texas in that one. And if they could get that one, they definitely could springboard into seven wins. That puts them at seven wins by my sheet. 
But I just I think that of course they they host A and M. They go to Georgia. They got a bad draw on having to go to Georgia in the East. So I see Georgia beating them, and then I've got them losing at Ole Miss. Do have them beating Auburn, and then whoever UAPB <laughs> University of Arkansas peanut butter, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know. Thank you for the laugh, Tom. That was kind of a lame joke, but you, you're all, you're Johnny on it. I appreciate that. <laughs> but there's not a whole lot left to say about the bottom three. I've got them again, identical record, six and six, three and five, three and five, two and six. We kind of differ a little bit. We both have Auburn and Mississippi State in the bottom. No, bottom three, I guess. Bottom yeah, you three. had you had Mississippi State at, at five. So uh, anyway, who's what was Mississippi State? Mississippi State was your fifth team, correct? That's correct. Okay, so now we're moving on to four. And since I'm doing such a good job of leading this discussion, I guess I'll stick with myself here. All right, number four, I've got Ole Miss. I've got them going eight and four, four and four. And here's the key: I looked at the schedule, and I'm like, who do they pull in the East? They pull the bottom two teams of the East, in my opinion. They have Tennessee, which they have to travel to, and then. They host Vanderbilt next to last game right before Mississippi State. So I, I've got them going 2-0 and in the East, and that's what's going to get them to 4-4. Four and four. I do have them losing to Bama. I've actually got them beating Texas A&M. I think A&M is going to be good this year, but I don't think they can – I don't think they can, can beat Lane Kiffin again. So 8-4, uh, and 4-4, four, four and four, and they sweep the East. My – Fourth place team. I also have eight and four and four and four. They come in at number thirty on the FPI list. The last ranked team on the FPI, Arkansas Razorbacks. So I have them bumped up. You had them at what sixth, Arkansas or fifth? I had Arkansas at fifth. So we're just so, one spot <clears throat> off there. Yeah, one spot off. But I have them eight and four, four and four. You're correct. They have a brutal schedule, particularly there in the middle. I, I did have them beating Texas at home, mainly because they were at home there in that second game. So I had them winning that game, and then I had them losing the same three-game stretch that you did, A&M at Georgia at Ole Miss. That's tough before they righted the horses at Auburn or, or home to Auburn. Looks like they have Auburn at home coming. They ask them where they want Arkansas peanut butter or Auburn, and they went with Auburn. So <laughs> well, The peanut butter is kind of a funny line. Uh, and and so they lose three games in the middle. I only have them losing at Alabama uh, at the end. I have them making a, a big big win over uh, LSU, which I've already covered as my second-last-place team. So I had them uh, collecting a road win there. Now, la- last year, and I mentioned this a while ago for, for teams, last year Arkansas got beat up 37-10 to in the opener. But if you remember, that game was – I think it was tied at halftime, was it not? Yeah, it was something wild. Because we were like, really man, surprising. Arkansas was hanging with Georgia. I mean, yeah, it was a yeah. big deal in the opener. I think Georgia ended up winning it late, 37-10, to 10, and then Alabama beat them uh, late in the year, 52-3. to 3. Uh, A big theme there for Alabama. But if you look through the rest of their games, they had practically a one-score game versus everybody Except for Florida, Florida beat them sixty-three to thirty-five. But they were—they either won by a field goal or lost by a field goal, or, or got or, cheated, or got cheated. That's right. They—they <laughs> they very easily could have won 
the Auburn and the there was another game they got robbed out of. I can't remember which one it was. Definitely there was an Auburn. Uh, ah, they had some bad remember. luck last year. But but anyway, I have them eight and four, four and four in the conference. Uh, second year for Pittman. Hey, you don't think Arkansas would love to be back in a bowl? How many years did they go over? They went three years in a row over, right? Yeah, it was it was bad under Bielema. Uh huh. And so Pittman picked up three wins last year, crushing the over under of one win. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got him. I got him a big turn. I'd I'd like to know what Vegas has them over under this year. I, I didn't check that, but uh, eight and four is where I got them. Number four. Yeah. All right, so we've got three teams. Each of us have three teams left. I have not covered LSU. That means they're going to be in my top three. Tom has not covered Ole Miss. That means they're going to be in his top three. So I'm, I'll go first here. I've, at number three, I've got A&M, which means LSU is number one or number two on my sheet. I've got A&M at nine and three, five and three. And I do think they're good. Jimbo has recruited well. He develops players pretty well. I don't. Is it a positive or negative that Kellen Mond is gone? I mean, Mond just never could beat a team that he shouldn't beat. I guess the only win they had last year, where you consider it, they might not should have won, was uh, Florida. You know what was that week two or week three? They beat them at Texas A and M. Yep. And so I don't know if it's good or bad of him being gone, but I've got A and M starting out at five and zero. And they they host Alabama. That's going to be there. There's game day. They're CBS two thirty. And but I do have Bama beating them. And I, there's a big reason why I have Alabama beating them that we'll discuss later on when we cover Alabama. And then I've got them winning at Missouri and South Carolina. So they're going to be seven and one going into the bye week and hosting Auburn. So they're going to have a successful season. I do have them losing at Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to be tough. I think they're going to be rested for that game. Why? I don't know. They uh, they have Liberty the week before. Got lucky on that one because I hadn't really looked. <laughs> but I've got A&M 9-3, and 5-3 and uh, win at Ole Miss. I've got them losing to LSU. I know you take umbrage with that. But let's see who you've got at number three. That was perfect. I have no response. <laughs> uh, I joke not. I have A&M at 9-3, and 5-3 and three of the conference. Have them losing to Alabama at Ole Miss and at LSU for the ending. Have really? Had exactly the same thing nice. as you did. Nice. Uh, I, I, think, I, think you're, I think you're exactly right. I had, you know, 5-0, they're going to be a, a lot of big hype there. And if Alabama – has an opportunity to lose a game this year during the regular season. This is one of the top two that it could do it to. And uh, that will be a big, big game, and it will be loud. But like you said, I'm not, I'm not sold on their quarterback situation. I'm not sold on their offense. And just reflecting back on last year, I know last year is a, a was a little bit of a, a crazy year playing all SEC teams, but it really gave you a good gauge of where teams were at. Yeah. And and last year A and M did go nine and one. There's no doubt. And I think you and I both have them going nine and one and finishing second in the SEC West last year. If it, we can rewind those podcasts and see, but I think we we nailed that. But if you look at their schedule and look at who they uh, were competitive and weren't where we were using 
the terms staying close within one scores for the Arkansas and Mississippi States of the world, that's not a good thing for the Texas A&Ms of the world. And they had a five-point win over Vanderbilt. They had a three-point win over Florida, which was good, but they're 14 Mississippi State, 11 over Arkansas. They did blow out South Carolina. LSU, only 13. That That's that's reasonable. LSU was terrible. Oh, they were a train wreck last year. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Auburn, 11. So they they got Tennessee pretty good, I guess, 40, 34 to 13. And, of course, Bama hammered them in week two. But uh, as good as they were last year at 9-1 and one and finished top, Four in the country when it was all said and done because who did they beat? In the, they beat uh, North Carolina in the Orange Bowl last mm-hmm. year. So, so they even won their bowl game, but they did not win in a dominant fashion. I think their offense is worse this year than it than it was, and we'll just we'll just see what Jimbo has has in store. But I have them exactly the same as you, number three, nine and three. So that brings us to the top two. Is it safe to assume you have Ole Miss at two? Is it my turn to go first? You can. Feel free. Because my number two team's LSU, and you're going to laugh me off the podcast with that one, so I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep a straight face already. Before before you think about putting Ole Miss at first place, remember, Ole Miss does not know the way to Atlanta. Now carry on. I do have Ole Miss at number two. <laughs> Surprise, it's a Bama podcast. <laughs> We're not afraid to pick against Bama, but this is not the year to do it, in my opinion. Ole Miss, though, I have them at 10-2, and 6-2 and two in the conference. They, they went outright over A&M. FPI had them at number 20. I don't know if I mentioned, but FPI had A&M at number six. So <clears throat> I did not hold chalk, as some people like to say, with the FBI uh, record books. But Ole Miss, I have them losing, of course, at Alabama after they start the season 3-0. and I tell you what, they're going to get in a lot of practice, and that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough game for Bama because Bama, Bama has struggled with Ole Miss, whether it's been at home or on the road. Mm-hmm. I don't think home field advantage has done – uh, quite as much as it should have against them. But Ole Miss is going to play Louisville, Austin P, Tulane, and then bye. That's their first four weeks. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a lot of rest and a lot of scheming. And I can I can guarantee you that maybe outside of Louisville, Austin P and Tulane and bye will get a full complement of Alabama scheming. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's going to be a that's going to be a tough one. But you know, after the Alabama game, they catch Arkansas at home. They catch LSU at home. They catch A and M at home. So the the toughest teams left in the West, in my opinion, are all home games. And then I have them beating their chest all year, whether or not they win Alabama or not. But I've got them, you know, losing that game and being eleven and one going to Mississippi State, and them talking about getting into the playoff with not playing in the SEC championship game and people lampooning their schedule and however those conversations go and then them laying an egg in the proverbial egg bowl. Yeah, I've got the state beating them too. <laughs> <laughs> so 10-2, and 6-2, and two, Ole Miss. All right, I've got my number two team, identical record, different team. I've got LSU. I, I really feel – and one of us is going to be proven grossly right or grossly wrong – or maybe oh maybe LSU falls in at eight and four, four and four, and we're both wrong. 
But I just feel like that they have the athletes. I don't know what happened last year. You know, Ogeron was not prepared for the COVID year as some other coaches were. This should be a more traditional year. You got Derek Stingley Jr., probably the best player in the SEC. It's in his contract year. You know, he's going to be more than likely the first defensive back taken off the board. I think they put it together this year. I do have them losing to Ole Miss. I've got them losing to Bama, and I've got them going. Those are, let's see, LSU, where are you at? Uh, those are back-to-back weeks. They got at Ole Miss, they got a bye, and then they have at Alabama. I got them losing both of those and then finished up with wins over Arkansas, Louisiana Monroe, and Texas A&M. So 10-2, 6-2, no big whoop there. So our final team, number one, no surprise, Alabama. I've got them going 11-1. and one. Topher, are you listening? I've got them going 11-1, and 7-1 and one in the conference. And here's why. I've got their loss to Florida, and here's my reasoning behind that. Dan Mullen, like we talked about last week, very good with quarterbacks. Emory Jones has not been super impressive, but I think if you were going to compare him to someone that Mullen has coached, you might compare him to Tim Tebow or Dak Prescott, definitely not Kyle Trask. I think Emory Jones is is more mobile. And like you said earlier, you touched on Alabama does not have a lot of the pieces back, especially on offense. And are we going to be good? Absolutely. I've got us 11-1 and 7-1. But you don't – I say this all the time. You don't lose Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith and get better. You might not get worse. But you don't get, and Jalen Waddle as well. You might not get worse, but you don't get better. And I just feel like it's going to be the first time on the road for Bryce Young. Florida is going to be lathered up. I think they get us, but, and this is what I was talking about earlier, I think the fact that they get us at Florida gives us the experience we need to win at Texas AM. What is that? One, two, three, three weeks later. So 11 and 1, 7 and 1, we go to the SEC. Championship game to face Georgia. Alabama has only been undefeated in Saban's era twice. They had an opportunity to do it at least a reasonable opportunity where they didn't lose early uh, at least three more times, particularly once they lost as undefeated in the national championship game. It's very tough to do, and I just got through saying that the SEC West is probably as tough as it's been in several years as far as competitiveness goes, and Alabama's crossover SEC East opponent, Florida, you couldn't have picked a worse team except for Georgia, Uh, and and it's tough. I mean, it's just tough to go undefeated, and if somebody looked at me and said, all right, where's your money? If you're going to wager money on it, what's Alabama's regular season record going to be? I'm going to take 11-1 just like you over 12-0, but when I look down through here, team by team and game by game, I can't find a loss. And and that's how I ended up with twelve and zero. And I've I've, <laughs> I've actually over alert. <laughs> I've actually told this to to Topher before. I said it. Smart money is that we'll lose the game. But if I'm going to evaluate them, we're going to be a double digit favorite in every one of these games. It's hard for me to go up there and just pick somebody as a double digit dog to win a game outright. 
And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Obviously, it happens or we'd go undefeated every year because we're always favorites. But it's just tough to pick that game out. And I think we we alluded to it last time, uh, or, or at least I did, last year when we closed out the season about how much Bama was was not only losing, like you mentioned, but also the recruiting class mm-hmm. that's coming up that is is unheralded. And one of the things that I I noticed, too, on this is that Alabama has this year two preseason All-Americans, and one on offense, one on defense, lineman linebacker. And I went back and looked at the history of the last several years, all the way back to 2011, and Alabama has only had two or less all-Americans at the end of the year. Now, this is preseason. We may get to the end of the year and we have 10 All-Americans. But at the end of the year, in the last 10 years, we've only had two or less All-Americans three times. 2014, when we opened up, we lost Ohio State in the playoffs. 2017, we actually won the national championship. And 2019, when we ended up with two losses and missed the playoffs for the first time ever. So... I don't know if that tells you much. You've made the playoffs twice, two out of three times. You had a maximum of two losses. Oh, my gosh, the world's falling. But <laughs> The world is falling. Yeah, it, it is something when, when you look at last year's team, like you said, we had six consensus All-Americans last year. Six. We had, we had uh, three or four more who got a significant number of votes to be on that squad as well. So uh, it, it just, just from a game-by-game basis, I just find it hard to find – you know, find a loss there. I will say this, though, because Florida is going to have an offense. We, we You just mentioned that. I think they're going to be a lot better than people are giving them credit for for that that uh, new quarterback. But I feel like the Auburn or the Florida-Alabama game will be a very high-scoring affair. And then three weeks ago, later when we go to Texas A&M, I feel like that will be a fairly low-scoring affair. I think our defense will will learn some lessons in Florida that they won't have to implement versus Texas A&M. A&M won't have the offense that Florida has. And and we'll win those two games in in two completely different fashions, in my opinion. Well, I'll I'll take it. And if we do beat Florida, I would have to to side with you that we go uh, 12-0. So that brings us to the end of the ACC West. We both have Alabama and we both had Georgia, so no – we can both talk about the SEC championship game in the same vein. It's not like one of us had because last year – oh, and by the way, Tom, this is the third year of the podcast. Do you know who has been perfect in selecting both participants and the winner the first two years? If you have a mirror right now, you can look at it and you can point and say, it's not this guy because it's me. I had Two years ago, I had LSU beating Georgia, and I was throttled on this very podcast by you – and I think that's where I said, well, I felt like you had Bama had to be different. So it was kind of a stroke of luck. <laughs> but last year I did. I picked Bama and Florida. You might have had the same teams. I had Bama winning. So now this this year I have Bama, Georgia. And I have, drum roll, I have Bama beating Georgia. And here's why. It is because Georgia, I don't think they're going to have the confidence. We're gonna, They're going to go into that game. And they're going to be hoping that they can beat us. We're going to be expecting to beat them, and I think that's going to make the difference. And look at our our schedule. After October 30th, okay, we have a bye October 30th. We play LSU, should be a tough game. 
New Mexico State tune-up game. Arkansas should be a very solid squad. And then at Auburn, you know, we always know – we all know what can happen down there at any time. All right, look at Florida after – or beginning October 30th. They have the cocktail bowl. Then <laughs> they have at South Carolina with trash – Sanford, trash. At Missouri, trash. Florida State, ACC, trash. Oh, hold up. I'm on the wrong team. I was fixing to say, they're not even <laughs> playing in the ACC championship game. <laughs> oh, let me read. Let's, let's see if we can dub that out. Georgia, after the co- – I got so excited that I was going to get to use Cocktail Bowl. Georgia, after the Cocktail Bowl, they have Missouri. And I actually have them losing that game because I've got them going into that game undefeated. I don't think they can take the pressure. But Missouri, not very good. I do think they find a way to upset Georgia. At Tennessee, garbage. Charleston Southern, do they even have a men's football team? And then at Georgia Tech. So they're not going to be battle-tested throughout the stretch of their season where we are, and I've got us upsetting. I I, I do believe Georgia might be favored in that game, and if they are, I've got us upsetting them and upsetting the dog nation, and Kirby Smart still cannot get that elusive first win over Nick Saban. So – Roll Tide for SEC. Nice. Well, you if you remember, I have Georgia losing to Clemson in the opener, and then so, running the table. So, yeah, so they're gonna be they're gonna be on uh, alert all the way through. So I'm predicting that we blow up bowl season playoffs at the SEC championship game this year when Georgia upsets Alabama for the first time. Mm. But Alabama still gets in the playoffs at 12-1. and one. Concur with that. Georgia's in. Clemson, who's beaten Georgia in the first game, is in. Now people's heads are falling off because <laughs> <laughs> they're just – they played each other and they <laughs> you just arbitrarily propping them up. But – and then uh, Iowa State. I'm, I'm letting the Big 12 have a, a swan song team in there. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Bama and Georgia in the finals, with Bama getting the revenge game national championship, though. Nice, nice. Okay, Thank I've got my four playoff teams. I've got Bama versus Clemson. Bama at one, we will have the one loss, but after we beat Georgia, we're going to be the number one team. Clemson will slip in at number four. I've got Ohio State, like we talked about chalk earlier. It's just hard to leave out Ohio State and Clemson. They play in crap conferences. They can get in. They they both have been successful enough in the past seasons. I know that's not supposed to matter, but let's be honest. If you're on the committee, it's that prejudice, that bias is going to bubble bubble to the top. So I've got Ohio State making it as the two seed. I've got Oregon as the number three seed, winning the Pac-12 as we talked as I talked about a couple weeks back. And the finals, I've got Bama and Ohio State as for a rematch of last year. And sadly, Tom, sadly, I have the Buckeyes upsetting Alabama and ending our national title hopes in the final game of the season. So my national champion is Ohio State. Not proud of it. Hope it doesn't happen. But that's where I stand. Wow. You suck. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, if if you can't tell, we kind of breeze through that last part because we can see the time and bro, we are way behind on time. So, you have anything else to add before we close it out? No, sir. Roll Tide. I'm looking forward to next week. Game week, guys. Game week. Baby. Game week. <laughs> <laughs>
We'll be covering, of course, Bama, Miami, and then we will definitely talk about Clemson and Georgia. Probably be the probably the, the only two games to talk about. Might touch on LSU, UCLA if something sticks out. But other than that, it'll be the Bama, the Bama, and the Georgia show, and everybody else. So, Tom, let me tell you something. If you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate them early, and you have to hate them often. Roll Tide. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. You've seen Junior's grades.